Hare Krishna, welcome to the 19th episode, the final episode of Sri Ishopanishad series and today's topic is Ishopanishad Mantra 18, the last one. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupahakadamahyam Dadadiswa Padantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhya Evacha Paditanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Welcome to this last episode of the Ishopanishad series and today's topic is Mantra 18. Oh, welcome everyone on board. So we will quickly start our <coughs> session. We'll go to the word to word first. Let's see if we can. Oh no. Okay. Agne Naya Supatha Raye Asman Vishwani Deva. Vayunani, Vidwan, Yuyodhi, Asmat, Juhuranam, Enah, Bhuyishtam, Te, Namah, Uktim, Vidhema, <coughs> Agnenaya Supatharaye Asman 
విశ్వాని దేవా వయునాని విద్వాన్ యుయోధ్యస్మజ్జుహురాణమేనో భూయిష్ఠాంతేనమ ఉక్తిం విధేమా అగ్నేనయ సుపథారాయే అస్మాన్ విశ్వాని దేవా వయునాని విద్వాన్ యుయోధ్యస్మజ్జుహురాణమేనో భూయిష్ఠాంతే నమ ఉక్తిం విధేమా అగ్నేనయ సుపథారాయే అస్మాన్ విశ్వాని దేవ వయునాని విద్వాన్ యుయోధ్యస్మజ్జుహురాణమేనో భూయిష్ఠాంతే నమ ఉక్తిం విధేమా Agne, O my Lord, as powerful as fire. Naya, <coughs> kindly lead. Supatha, by the right path. Raya, for reaching you. Asman, Az, Vishwani, all. Deva, O my Lord. Vayunani, actions. Vidwan, the knower. Yuyodhi, kindly remove asmat from us juhuranam all hindrances on the path enah all vices bhuishtham most numerous te unto you namah uktim words of obeisance vidhema i do translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupada ki jai Translation, O my Lord, as powerful as fire, O omnipotent one, now I offer you all obeisances falling on the ground at your feet. O my Lord, please lead me on the right path to reach you. <coughs> And since you know all that I have done in the past, please free me from the reactions to my past sins so that there will be no hindrance to my progress. so this mantra is the concluding mantra of the ishopanishad and <clears throat> so far we have learned the supremacy and the, and the omnipotence of the supreme lord we have seen the symptoms of a pure devotee how he sees the lord everywhere then we have seen the different processes for elevation um, we we have seen by analysis the paths of knowledge and ignorance and also the the paths of worshiping the absolute without um without the personal conception and then with the personal conception and also the path uh, by which one worships something which is not absolute something which is relative in this material world like demigods or humans or ghosts or anything like that so or even pitras the forefathers so we have seen all these things all these Uh, topics covered in the ishopanishad and we have uh, seen also the um, prayers where the the devotee is asking i mean the trans the advancing transcendentalist um 
was asking the Lord to kindly remove the curtain of dazzling effulgence so that he can see the form of the Lord. And finally, um, no, yesterday, the 17th verse, we have seen how he is praying to the Lord to um, remember all his sacrifices and kindly save him. And finally today, um, the prayer is to lead, uh, to lead me on the right path. So we are praying to the Lord to lead us on the right path. So the right path, so after analysis of all the different paths that we have seen in the Ishopanishad, the right path is the path of the devotee, where he is completely in um, knowledge of all the three stages of realization of the Absolute Truth, namely Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. And consequently, he also knows everything about the material nature. Um, we cannot know anything about the material nature just by engaging in material study. We can't know like that. Uh, <clears throat> so, the right path. And nice words are used. Agni. Uh, he is compared to Agni. Uh, that just like, you know, when you have a torch, when you are in the dark, when you have a torch, you, you know, the path is lighted. And you can know the path. So, you can see the path. So, in that way, and also, <clears throat> the fire also burns. So, it burns our sinful reactions. That's why, here, please free, free me from all the reactions of my past sins. <clears throat> and please lead me on the right path to reach you. First of all, the destination is to be known. To reach you. Uh, raya means to reach you. Agnenaya, supatha, raya, asman. Supatha, patha means the path. And Supatha means the most auspicious path. See this. What is it translated as? The, by the right path. See. So, Su means auspicious, right, correct or very good. So, all these words. So, Supatha means the most auspicious path. We see the similar questioning by Arjuna also. Because Arjuna was in the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita, he was analyzing through moral conduct and um, materialistic uh, considerations, he was analyzing the whole situation of the war and why he should avoid it. But then he knew that as a Kshatriya, when a, when a battle is presented, one has to engage. So on one side, his duty is pulling him uh, to one side and his attachment is pulling him in other, another side. So two opposite sides. So it was like a tug of war in his heart. So he did not know what to do. And this is exactly when we should have, uh, when we should inquire from a spiritual master. When we have this perplexity, the material nature is always perplexing, but to the foolish person, he thinks he is happy in that perplexity. And for such person, inquisitiveness about his real spiritual nature does not take place. And such a person does not need a spiritual master because, I mean, he is not even interested. But when it comes to a point where, you know, you know, there's no other way and he sincerely seeks his own well-being, what is actually the right path and what is, you know, so then, yes, the Paramatma, he detects from the within, oh, this person is sincere. Okay, then the Guru is presented. Actually, the Guru is always there. If you see... In our Sampradaya alone, I mean, there are even Ramanuja Sampradaya, you know, so many um, Madhva Sampradaya, Vishnu, 
Vishnu Swami and Nimbarka Acharya. So the Sampradayas, the Acharyas and Krishna and the Shastras were always there. But why? But why that we have access to them and many people don't have? And even we, we came in touch with these, this whole process at a certain point in our life. Before that, we had no clue that such a thing existed. Although, you see the Acharyas, 30, 32 Acharyas in our Sampradaya. All the time somebody is there. And now Prabhupada is there. It was always there, but we never contacted. We never contacted them, never got to contact them. So, it is only possible. And even after Srila Prabhupada has spread the movement all over the world, millions and billions of people still do not know the Hare Krishna movement. They have no idea. So, how is that possible? Uh, because even, a, even Krishna comes before us, if we are not ready to see him, if we are willing to be under the deluding curtain of Maya, then we, we can't see him. Even if Krishna comes and even if the uh, you know, Guru comes, we cannot see him. We have to be fortunate. Such a fortunate soul, he um, gets the mercy of the Guru and Krishna. So, Arjuna, after analyzing all paths, in the second chapter, he starts to realize that, you know what, I am unable to solve my problem at all. At all. So, Krishna, only you can remove. He said this in second chapter, seventh verse. Karpanya dosho dharma now I am confused about my duty and have lost all composure because of miserly weakness. In this condition, I am asking you to tell me for certain what is best for me. This is called Supatha. What is best? What is the most auspicious path I should take now? Now I am your disciple and a soul surrendered unto you. Please instruct me. Sishyasteham and today's verse also is asking the Lord to become one spiritual master. That means the person is offering himself as a disciple. This prayer is that of a disciple taking shelter of a spiritual master. In this case Krishna or his representative. It is the same thing. So Arjuna took shelter of Krishna and Anybody who is an authorized representative of Krishna coming down in the authorized disciplic succession, uh, he is that kind of guru who can be approached for correct answers for everything. And he will show the right path. And that path will be accepted by Krishna as we know that verse 10.2.31. Bhagavatam Svayam samuttirya sudustaram dhyuman Bhavar navam bhimam madabhra sauhradah Bhavat padam bhoruhanavamatrate Nidhayayatah sadhanugraho bhavan O Lord who resembles the shining sun See here today's verse O Lord who resembles the fire You know And his When we say torch You know lighting the path When we are addressing Krishna as the light I mean the torch that torch is as bright as the sun or, or even millions of suns. Hmm. You know, we just go back to one verse and then come back here. 
ಭಕ್ತಿ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಆಥರೈಸ್ಡ್ ಪಾತ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಬೈ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 
थ्रू द परंपरा एवं परंपरा प्राप्तम वी हैव टू रिसीव थ्रू द परंपरा सिस्टम एंड द द सेल्फ रियलाइज सोल हु इज कमिंग इन द परंपरा सिस्टम द आचार्य ही विल शो अस द वे एंड दैट इज सुपथा अग्ने द मोस्ट इल्यूमिनेटिंग पाथ अग्ने नय सुपथाराये अस्मान सो सिमिलरली जस्ट लाइक द टुडेस वर्स यू नो काइंडली लीड मी टू द इन द राइट पाथ सो हियर आल्सो अर्जुन इज आस्किंग हियर that um, i am now your disciple please tell for certain what is best for me and later on also he asked um say here jayasi chet karmanaste mata buddhir janardana here also he is asking um, why do you want me to engage in this ghastly warfare if you think that intelligence is better than fruity work here also he is asking which path is better intelligence or buddhi yoga or karma yoga and Buddhism actually is devotional service, and then here also he asks, twelve dot one, Arjuna Uvacha, evam satata yukta ye bhakta astvam pariyupasate ye cha pyaksharam avyaktam desham ke yoga vittamaha. Arjuna inquired, which are considered to be more perfect? Those who are always properly engaged in your devotional service, or those who worship the impersonal Brahman, the unmanifested. So we have seen in the Ishopanishad. that um what is that sambhutim cha vinasham cha yastad vedo bhayam saha vinashena mrityum teertva sambhut sambhutyamrutam asnute and also vidyam cha vidyam cha yas no no not vidyam um andham tamah pravishanti ye sambhutim upasate tato bhuya ivate tamo yau sambhutyamrata so the impersonal path the personal path the knowledge and uh, ignorance everything is discussed in short in 18 verses the entire subject matter of bhagavad gita is discussed but in bhagavad gita is more um, uh, what is that explanation more uh, elaboration is given so basically upanishads are um, usually um, summarized headlines of the vedas the summary points of the vedas usually they come at the end of a uh, oh, particular important part of the vedas like uh, ishopanishad is at the end of the shukla yajurveda so the yajurveda is summarized in this ishopanishad <clears throat> so in this way there is upanishads are there so each of the upanishad uh, shlokas or sutras they they require a lot of elaboration and unless one is guided by the proper spiritual master we cannot really understand the path and therefore shankaracharya he has tried to deviate people from the right path and instead of supatha you know he take them took them in the other path which is i don't know durpatha or whatever inauspicious path <coughs> kupatha ah kupatha kupatha means bad path so um, in this way arjuna has asked what is the right path what is the right path what is the right path every time and he also asked the symptoms of a devotee and symptoms of you know non devotee asura and krishna explained everything everything he explained So going back for this verse. Um, Agni means also burns, right? Apart from showing the path by illumination, Agni has two two effects. One is light, one is heat. So with the heat, it burns. So in the purport, we will see. Uh, we will read the purport, and and we will. Prabhupada actually mentions that. Purport. 
By surrendering to the Lord and praying for His causeless mercy, the devotee can progress on the path of complete self-realization. The Lord is addressed as fire because He can burn anything into ashes, including the sins of the surrendered soul. So, in this regard, we will just go to here, 4.37. Yathaidham se samidhognir bhasmasat kuruter juna jnanagnih sarva karmani bhasmasat kurute tatha as a blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, O Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes all reactions to material activities. So this is actually Diksha. Diksha, if you remember, Divyam Jnanam Yatodadyad Kuriyat papasya sankshayam Tasmat dikshayati saprokta deshikai stattva kovidai Diksha is the process by which one can awaken his transcendental knowledge and vanquish all reactions caused by sinful activity. A person in the study of the revealed scriptures knows this process as diksha. Now, this agni that is referred to today, that the Lord is compared to the fire, supremely illuminating fire. So, this fire does two things. Two, both the uh, things that are uh, here, characteristics of Diksha. Divyam Jnanam, which is the right path, which is by illumination, it shows the right path. And vanquish all reactions of sinful activity, burns all the sinful activities by the transcendental knowledge. So, both light and heat. That's why it was so um, significant that the word Agni is used there. And um, if you go to the previous verse, 4.37, as a blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, O Arjuna, so does the fire of transcendental knowledge, Divyam Jnanam Yatodadyat, burn to ashes all reaction to material activities. This is all the karma is burned to ashes. So, Kuriyat Papasya Sankshayam. So, this is Diksha. And so, he is offering, that, that means that today's prayer is to offer oneself as a disciple and take Diksha from the Lord or his representative and take knowledge from him and show the right path. As described in the previous mantras, the real or ultimate aspect of the Absolute is his feature as the personality of Godhead and his impersonal Brahma Jyoti feature is a dazzling covering over his face. Fruitive activities or the Karmakanda path of self-realization is the lowest stage in this endeavor. What endeavor? To burn the sins of, you know, into ashes. So, the fruitive activities or the karmakanda path of self-realization is the lowest in this endeavor. As soon as such activities even slightly deviate from the regulative principles of the Vedas, they are transformed into vikarma or acts against the interest of the actor. Okay, if you remember the story of King Nirga. King Nirga became a lizard and he was um, there in a well for a long time, many thousands of years before he was delivered by Krishna himself. Now, why he became a lizard? is because he was actually a very, very, very pious king, so pious that there was no end to his piety. 
every day he used to give so much charity to the brahmanas and you know his his you know how many cows some 13000 cows or something each brahmana you know he used to give, he get like that every day so one day what happened he um, donated these th- thousands of cows to one brahmana and you know one of those cows from that herd had gone astray and gone to this um, went back to the uh, king's uh, you know full uh, what is that stock of cows she came back so he did not know and another brahmana came he donated again thousands of cows to the other brahmana now this brahmana the first brahmana realized that one cow is missing out of thousands of cows he realized one cow is missing then he he found out that the cow went back and that the same cow was donated to the other brahmana this was totally unintended by the king narga he did not know it just happened by mistake but then um so the both brahmanas you know got into an argument with themselves you know no you know, that is my cow you know he is donated to me and you know now you have taken no the other brahmana said no he gave me so it is my cow so both the brahmanas could not settle the matter <laughs> i mean they have they had thousands of cows but you know this this whole story is just to um signify how fruitive activities karma kanda can be dangerous even if we do so much pious activity otherwise why would brahmana be unsatisfied or dissatisfied with you know what if 1000 13000 cows and one cow went uh, goes missing and 12999 cows it still has so what is the point in fighting with another brahmana and brahmana is supposed to be self satisfied and you know not even get into this kind of possessive mentality but you know they wanted to they wanted to they were making this argument because not for their own uh, selfish interests but how the dharma how the activity was not properly done that was their concern it was not the, the hey i have one what is this you know only 12999 cows come on no it was they had more than enough one cow is more than enough to give us sufficient milk right so the point was that they wanted perfect execution of karma kanda hmm. whether it be 1000 or you know 10000 or whatever it is do it properly don't make mistakes so and it's unforgiving karma kanda is so unforgiving that anyway that um he he tried to appease both the brahmanas he said okay fine for that one cow i will give you another thousands of cows to you and the same number of cows to you also forget that one cow now i'll give you for, for in compensation for that one cow i'll give some i don't know how many i forgot the numbers but i'll give you so many thousands of cows to you and so many thousands of cows to you same number be satisfied you know please don't get angry but still they were you know not very satisfied with the whole thing and um, they left like that so then when ultimately you know he you know he had to he had reached his end of life and then yamaraj you know he was asked do you want to enjoy the results of your pious activities or do you want to suffer the results of your sinful activities first let me tell you that your pious activities are so numerous that if you start enjoying them there will be no end to such enjoyment so you will never face any difficulty yeah? but you have a very small um, 
stock of sinful activity. So, which one you want to uh, take experience first? So, he, you see, even after so much endeavor, he, he said, I want to, you know, um, go through the results of sinful activities first. That was not even proper intelligence. But anyway, he did it. And the sinful activity was that this, he has taken the property of a Brahmana. That was the actual problem there. It was donated to him. So, it is now the Brahmana's property. But that, in effect, although it was unintended, he in effect, he took the property of a Brahmana and whether he donated to others or whatever, he took the property of a Brahmana. And to take the property of a Brahmana is very sinful. I think there is a... Let me show you something. Hmm, is this one? Hmm, you see this. 11.27.54 haret asura viprayo vrittim sajayate vidbhug varshanam ayutayutam Anyone who steals the property of the demigods or the brahmanas, whether originally given to them by himself or someone else, must live as a worm in stool for 100 million years. <laughs> Look at this now. This is so powerful, right? This is totally ruthless. Correct? But actually, there is a fact. Huh. Of course, the brahmanas should be qualified brahmanas. You see, Anyone who steals the property of the demigods or the brahmanas, whether originally given to them by himself, even it is himself who given, once he has given it, it is the brahmana's property. But if he takes them, whether it was given by himself or others, he must live as a worm in stool for 100 million years. Wow. And next verse also, I think something like that. Hmm. Karmanam karmanam Not only the performer of the theft, but also anyone who assists him, instigates the crime, or simply approves of it, must also must also share the reaction in the next life. According to their degree of participation, they each must suffer a proportionate consequence. See that? Now this is very very serious thing. So, he had taken the property of Brahmana. He himself gave it, but you see. So, that is his problem. So, because of that, okay, you want to experience result of your sinful activity? Alright, now you have to become a lizard. Therefore, he became this lizard and stayed as as a giant lizard in a well and stayed there for many thousands of years before Krishna came and personally delivered him. So, um, this is this is very important to know how karmic activities, even if slightly gone astray, gone if we deviate from the path, or it is completely, you know, destroyed. The result is opposite. It becomes such a sin that you know you see he has to become a worm in the stool. You see that that verse. If if you think this is uh, you know maybe some wrong translation. You see here, wit book. Wit means stool. Wit means stool. So, wit book. Wit book means as a stool eating worm. 
So, varshanam ayutayutam. Ayuta means 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000. That means millions of years. He has to stay there. So, you see how uh, dattam, dattam means given. Swadattam, previously given by himself or parair dattam, given by others. Hareta takes away. Suraviprayo, sura belonging to the demigods or brahmanas or sura means devotees also. Hmm. <coughs> so, you see, this is this is this is the consequence. So that is karma karma kanda section. That's why it is said in today's verse here. Fruitive activities or the karma kanda path of self-realization is the lowest stage in this endeavor of removing ourselves from sins. And there is definitely some you know sins will be gone by. Um, performing pious activities but the problem with the prop- the whole process is that we are not addressing the pr- problem at its root the sinful desires are not going away yet it's just an atonement and then you know like you know when the grass grows when you cut the grass it will grow again cut the grass it will grow again cut the grass it will grow again but if you uproot uh, then there is no chance so we have to uproot so, this whole subject is also discussed in the 6th canto of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam. I think, uh, yeah. 6.2.17 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Taistanyaghani puyante tapodana vratadibhi nadharmajam tadhridayam tad apishangri sevaya. Although one may neutralize the reactions of sinful life through austerity, charity, vows and other such methods, these pious activities cannot uproot the material desires in one's heart. However, if one serves the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead, he is immediately freed from all such contaminations. There is the difference between material pious activities and the spiritual pious activities which is devotional service to the Lord. Therefore, there is another verse. Canto 6, Chapter 3, Text 31. Tasmat Sankirtanam Vishnor Jagan Mangalamam Hasam Mahatama Pikauravya Vidhyaikanti Kanishkritam. Sukadeva Goswami continued, My dear King, the chanting of the holy name of the Lord is able to uproot even the reactions of the greatest sins. See, this is uprooting. Chanting of the holy name. Now, cutting is not enough. You have to uproot. Chanting of the holy name is able to uproot even the reactions of the greatest sins, not just small sins. Therefore, the chanting of the Sankirtan movement is the most auspicious activity in the entire universe. Please try to understand this so that others will take it seriously. So, this quest, this answering from Sukadeva Goswami was to a question by Parishit Maharaj. He asked in this way, He, when he heard that you know all this karma kanda, you know we have to neutralize our um, sinful activities by pious activities and all this, then he asked this question: Shri Rajovacha, Drishta Shrutabhyam Yat Papam Janan Apyatmano Hitam Karoti Bhuyo Vivasaha Prayas Chittam Atho Katham. Maharaj Parikshit said. 
one may know that sinful activity is injurious for him because he actually sees that a criminal is punished by the government and rebuked by people in general and because he hears from scriptures and learned scholars that one is thrown into hellish conditions in the next life for committing sinful acts. Nevertheless, in spite of such knowledge, one is forced to commit sins again and again even after performing acts of atonement. Then what is the value of such atonement? So, by karmakanda activities, by pious activities, we may, you know, neutralize, but then, you know, one is again forced to commit sins. What is the value of such atonement? Arjuna asked the same question in a, in a slightly different way. We'll go to that after this. Now, next, next verse, he again, you know, he expands on this. Kvachinivartate bhadrat kvachicharati tat punaha prayaschittam matho partham Sometimes when one is very alert so as not to commit sinful acts, is victimized by sinful, sinful life again. I therefore consider this process of repeated sinning and atoning to be useless. You see, the, just like this King Nirga. Nirga, he performed so much piety, but then one small mistake, that too not intentional. Uh, even then the result was there. He had to become a lizard. You know. How much he should have enjoyed in the heavenly planets without end. But he became a subhuman species lizard. This is the risk of karmakanda activities. Even slight discrepancy and one is immediately, you know, finished. So therefore he said it is useless. It is like the bathing of an elephant. For an elephant cleanses itself by taking a full bath but then throws dust over its head and body as soon as it returns to the land. He goes to the elephant. Manye kunjara sauchavat. Kunjara sauchavat means the bath of an elephant. He said this is this this sinning and atoning, sinning and atoning. This is just like a bath of an elephant. You know, elephant goes into the river and you know takes so much water with his trunk and then pours on itself and you know bathes completely so much and then comes back on the land and you know takes dust with its trunk and sprays all over the body again dust so what is the point in throwing this water and dust water and dust what is this so that's why um, Sukadeva Swami said yes what you have said is correct and therefore he uh, that's why that of course this whole conversation and then the conclusion is there at 6 to 17 we have seen just now that Although one may neutralize the reactions of sinful life through austerity, charity, vows and other such methods, these pious activities cannot uproot the material desires in, in one's heart. However, if one serves the lotus feet of the personality of God, he is immediately freed from all such contaminations. So, what is the thing that, that uh, material desires in one's heart? Uh, that is the root of our problem and that material desire means karma. The, 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 um, the desire for sense gratification. Atmendriya Preeti Vancha Taribali Kaam Kaam means uh, the desire for sense gratification, one's own sense gratification. And Prema means to uh, desire the gratification of Krishna's senses. Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchyate. That is Bhakti, that is Prema. So Kama is the, is the root cause. So just like um, Parishit Maharaj asked, his grandfather also asked, you see. In spite of such knowledge, one is forced to commit sins. 
you know he knows that committing sins is wrong he wants to be alert and avoid the sins but still sins will be committed forcibly somehow or other one is forced to commit sin yeah? even after performing acts of atonement and what is the value of such atonement so this question one is forced to commit sin was also asked by parishit's grandfather arjuna chapter 3 text 37 of bhagavad gita shri bhagavan uvacha kama esha krodha esha rajoguna samudbhavah mahashano mahapapma vidhyenam mihavairinam the supreme personality of godhead said it is lust only arjuna no actually i need to take you to the question first arjuna uvacha 336 athakena prayuktoyam papam charati purushah anichchanna api varshneya baladivaniyojitah arjuna said o descendant of rishni by what is one impelled to sinful acts even unwillingly as if engaged by force see the same question what is causing it and what is the value of atonement as parishit maharaj asked if if the desire for sense gratification is not going away hmm. so what is the best process actually to end this because this whole karmakanda section is a waste of time he has come to the conclusion now arjuna is asking what what impels then krishna answered this kama esha krodha esha supreme personality of god had said it is lust only arjuna which is born of contact with the material mode of passion and later transformed into wrath and which is the all devouring sinful enemy of this world you see that it is lust only this desire material desire in the heart this is called hridayantasthohi abhadrani hridayanta antastha means uh, situated within the heart hi abhadrani all the dirty things starting with kama krodha lobha moha mada matsarya so all the six enemies that we have lust anger greed uh, envy what is that illusion madness so these things starting with lust it starts with lust and then progresses one thing to another so that is explained in the second chapter of bhagavad gita 2.62 dhyayato vishayan pumsah sangasteshu pajayate sangat sanjayate kamah kamat krodho bhijayate so starts with the senses so the senses is at the beginning of this whole problem you see while contemplating the objects of the senses a person develops attachment for them this is called kama when we see something suppose there is you know uh, for example when we see one has a phone smartphone last year he bought but now a new smartphone incre- comes or well, maybe some you know gimmicks they will do marketing gimmicks or oh, camera is a little bit better you know some something is a little bit faster here and there then what happens oh i want that now actually he doesn't need it really but when he sees it then he wants it if he did not see it he would have continued using his phone but when, because he saw it he will develop an attachment for it so like that while contemplating the objects of the senses this is one example i mean many many examples even for example is the so called love marriage and all these things <clears throat> until the boy sees the girl or the girl sees the boy there's no desire i mean there's that's why in the vedic culture the boys and girls are not intermingling they're not supposed to intermingle in the young age like this only with one's wife and that too the parents arrange the marriage according to the you know astrological calculations and um, until then the boy has he doesn't scout around and the girl girl isn't you know fine these are all actually what what is going to happen in this kind of 
method is that so much time which could have otherwise been used for <clears throat> advancing a spiritual life is, is used to find a partner. Whereas Vedic system is so perfect that the boy, he is continuing his studies in the Vedic uh, science and if he has this desire that, to marry, then he will let his parents know and then they will you know, uh, look around for the right match and in the meantime, he is engaging in devotional service. You know, he's not going out and you know, searching and you know who to find, you know, where to, you know, how to find his partner. No. And that is a big anxiety. And nowadays, that has become the norm now. And they have relationship and then they go on dating and then they try out and then, okay, this is not the one. Then so many relationships and sometimes they go into a relationship for a few months, years and then fails and then so much time is just wasted like this. Instead of just, you know, outsourcing that whole job to the parents. And then, you know, engaging in spiritual life, you know, time is wasted. <clears throat> and anyway, that whole thing, when there is no contact between the boy and girl, there is not much desire. You know, one can stay away from that. And his mind is much more peaceful. Rather than when the boy and girl are put together, oh, that is very, that's why it is said. This co-education, all these things, you know, promoting these things, boy and girl together, and then so much illicit sex is going on, contraception, abortion, the amount of sins they are getting into, they don't even realize. 9.19.17 of Srimad Bhagavatam, no, not this one, uh, I want to show, okay, let's see this one also. Matra svasradu hitrava nabivikta sanobhavet balavanindriya gramo vidvamsam apikarshati. One should not allow oneself to sit on the same seat even with one's own mother, sister or daughter for the senses are so strong that even though one is very advanced in knowledge, he may be attracted by sex. And um, there's another verse, um, what is that, 7, 12, 9 is that? Okay, wait. Nanvagnihi. Yeah, 7, 12, 9. Nanvagnihi pramadanama ghritakumbha Woman is compared to fire and man is compared to a butter pot. Therefore, a man should avoid associating even with his own daughter in a secluded place. Similarly, he should also avoid association with other women. One should associate with women only for important business and not otherwise. So, <laughs> woman is compared to the fire and man to the butter pot. Now, which butter will not melt in which fire? So, when you put boys and girls together, and this is what happens. And then, Sangat Sanjayate Kama. There is this um, desire. So, when senses, they contemplate the sense objects, then the desire to enjoy them starts. That was the point actually. So, a person develops attachment and from such attachment, lust develops. And from lust, anger arises. Because lust cannot be really satisfied. It will always ask for more and more and more. And we don't have such energy to satisfy lust to the max. And the max never is, is there is no cap. It only increases and increases and ever. The more you try to satisfy lust, the more it asks for more. You know. So then at one point, you know, when it cannot be met, then there will be frustration, anger. Yeah. Then what happens? Krodhat bhavati sammoha, smammoha, smriti vibhramaha. Smriti Brahmshat Buddhinasho Buddhinasha Pranashati. 
from anger, complete delusion arises. When one becomes angry, you know, one forgets his good sense and he will act and speak completely horribly. Sometimes many murders just take place in a fit of anger. And after the whole thing is finished, he regrets the whole, doing the whole thing. Even to the point of murder, you know, complete delusion, you know, they become delusional. That's why we should not take any step in anger. Even if you feel angry and you don't want to do something, give it time. Let's analyze the whole thing properly first. Whether it is first of all worth getting angry about. If it is any sense gratificatory pursuit, just leave it. And if it is something about the devotee or the Lord or some other, you know, some other devotee or Lord is offended, then one should become angry. And also, how to best use that anger. There is a nice um, incident that happened in Ramayana. Hanuman, you know, he, he went to Lanka. And he was, as a small monkey, he changed himself into a small monkey. And he was looking for where is Mother Sita, where is Mother Sita. And he, you know, went here and there, went here and there. And he was looking at all the women in that, um, you know, in the, in the Lanka. Some, many were ugly, many were beautiful and all this kind of thing. So, although he was a brahmachari, he was looking for a woman. But he was not looking for a woman to enjoy her, but how to bring her back to Ram. So, he was looking for that most beautiful woman, Sita. And when he saw Mandodari, you know, he thought, Oh, this woman is so beautiful. I think this must be Sita. You know, yes, you know, he was very happy for a moment. And then he realized, no, why? How can this woman be happy and, you know, wearing all the jewels and everything? No, 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 no way. This can't be Sita. She will be the most unhappy without Ram. So, no, no. And then he went even further. Then he found Sita, Sita Devi. And, you know, of course, he gave the ring of Lord Ram and everything. And after that, he said to Mother Sita, because it was in Ashokavan, beautiful garden, you know, not just a small garden, huge garden. It's like a forest almost. And but very nicely laid out and beautiful trees and it's impeccable. So he said, he asked Mother Sita, so can I enjoy the fruits? I'm very, very hungry. I have, for so long I have come and, you know, searched for you and all that. I will, I'm very, very hung, hungry. So can I eat the fruits in this garden? And she said, yeah, yeah, you know, you can do whatever you want. They will not disturb you because they will consider you a monkey. And they will just, you know, not disturb you. So, she said, okay. Then as he was taking the fruits, he, he is a Hanuman, you know, he is Hanuman. So, you know, he is doing it his own, in his own way. An ordinary monkey will eat just a few, one, two, three fruits and then finish. But he was Hanuman and his appetite was so voracious. And then he started, you know, breaking the whole branches and he became big. And, you know, to pluck out all the fruits and eating and then making a whole mess of the whole place. I don't know, purposely just want to agitate the demons, you know, because he was so angry. The anger was built up in him. How can they take Mother Sita like this? So, that anger he was wanting to display also. So, he wanted to tease them, you know, he was you know, making a huge ruckus and then big, big sound and the trees all crashing to the ground. I don't know, big, big things he was doing. So, then all the, hey, who is this monkey? Then they try to, you know, um, shoo, them, shoo him away. But no, he was, he hit back and then he killed a few demons. Then, hey, who is this monkey? How come he's, you know, killing all of us? What is this? Then it started a big fight. And he burned the whole place. You know, he, of course, first of all, he, f he f killed so many. And then he was taken to um, Ravan. Then uh, Ravan said, burn his, burn his tail. Let this monkey, you know, learn a lesson. You know, he, he, he needs to understand that he's just a monkey and nothing else. Burn his tail and let him dance now. Let him jump around. So, um, Hanuman allowed them to burn his tail. And with that burnt tail, he went everywhere and, you know, 
uh, started fire everywhere with that tail you know he you know he touched everything and you know everywhere he blazing the whole thing was blazing and then after the whole thing then he went into the sea to extinguish the fire and you know jumped into the sea and then you know the tail was you know with the water it, it was extinguished and then once he cooled down then he realized hey what did i do i set the fire in my anger but then mother sita what happened to her <gasps> what if she has been consumed in the fire oh then you know he went back and he, when he saw sita safe then he was very happy so the point i was trying to make is in anger even though it was a good cause sometimes of course you know hanuman is perfect you know but he's just showing us you know then a fit of anger you know when we do something even rightly even if you want to do the right, right the right thing we still have to do it the right way effect the most effective way you know so anger makes us delusional you know so it has to be very focused control anger even if anger has to be shown it has to be focused controlled anger um so that sometimes requires some kind of a, you know um reasoning and all that but in a fit of anger when one's so overtaken by anger it doesn't even reason or become delusional and from delusion delusion bewilderment of memory that means he forgets that he is eternal servitor of the lord and he acts in a completely bodily concept in this way so when memory is bewildered intelligence is lost and when intelligence is lost one falls down again to this material pool so this is how kama krodha lobha moha madamatsar you know all these things you know lead one thing to another and finally one falls down this is how lust is the cause of this whole problem so therefore to uproot that is necessary the very core desire of the lust that has to be uprooted because it will give rise to so many problems if we just allow it to take place allow it to continue um just like a uh, good example is this uh, now coronavirus um if it is not stopped in the initial stages and you know quarantine and social distancing all is not done within a week or two it will become such an uncontrolled actually that is said said in the united states that if the you know social distancing was implemented even at least two weeks prior to what was done it would have saved at least some how many thousand deaths i mean tens of thousands of deaths 80 i don't know how many i've lost the count so many deaths can be saved could have been saved so that's how they analyzed so the exponential growth of the problem when you when we don't um nip it in the bud that is the price to pay for that is so heavy and it's not worth it it's not worth it a prevention is so much better than a cure and even the cure it has to be early if it now we are already here you know we are already here in this material world we are already diseased now we have to be cured so to be cured we have to take to the right disease and at the right time as immediately as possible because the more we give it a chance the more it will become exponentially worse that's how the mind works that's why in the shrimad bhagavatam it is said in these three verses 5.6.2 3 and 4 okay um this is not exactly a verse type it is like a prose here sat rishiruvacha satyamuktam kintviha va ekena manasodha vishrambham anavasthanasya shathakirata iva sanghat sangachante so sri sukadev goswami replied okay let's see what the question was 
okay so okay this has to be understood in more context so we will just go to the answer so because we have to read the previous chapter and all that okay now um sri sugadev goswami replied my dear king you have spoken correctly however after capturing animals a, con- a cunning hunter does not put faith in them for they might run away similarly those who are advanced in spiritual life do not put faith in the mind indeed they always remain vigilant and watch the mind's action uh, after capturing animals the hunter does not put so even after even if one is able to capture the mind and put it under his control still he does not believe the mind i mean still does not put faith in the mind and give the power of attorney to the mind no because once the mind can only be in control if the power of attorney is taken away from the mind if you give the power of attorney to the mind it will become our enemy so we have to know how to deal with the mind yeah. indeed they always remain vigilant and watch the mind's action then 5.6.3 tatha choktam nakuriya karhi chit sakhyam manase hyanavasthite yad vishram bhachirachirnam chaskanda tapaishwaram all the learned scholars have given their opinion the mind is by nature very restless and one should not make friends with it if we place full confidence in the mind it may cheat us at any moment even lord shiva became agitated upon seeing the mohini form of lord krishna and saubhari muni also fell down from the mature stage of yogic perfection next 5.6.4 nityam dadati kamasya chhedram tam anuyayrayah yoginah krita maitrasya patyurjaye vapumschali an unchaste woman is very easily attracted by paramours and it sometimes happens that her husband is violently killed by her paramours if the yogi gives his mind a chance and does not restrain it this is a example that you know the coronavirus thing if we don't quarantine you know put it under control if he does not restrain it if the yogi gives his mind a chance and does not restrain it his mind will give facility to enemies like lust anger and greed and they will doubtlessly kill the yogi so we have to deal with the mind as even even more seriously than we would deal with the coronavirus it's a it's the biggest virus it is the biggest disease that we have kama kamam hridrogam the material the entire material disease we have been here for millions and millions of years is because of that virus of karma so we have to quarantine the virus we have to you know completely um, attack you know that is only possible when the intelligence becomes strong sharpened by spiritual knowledge given by the supreme spirit krishna and that's how this whole process is done therefore this knowledge is so important and therefore that knowledge is called supatha the auspicious path and it will burn like agni it will burn the sinful reactions and completely from the root burned at the root not just uproot but burn the root also that is how uh, you know we have to deal with the problem there's another verse about mind let's see that ಕಾಮೇಶ ಕ್ರೋಧೇಶ 
రజోగుణ సముద్భవ మహాశనం మహాపాపం విధ్యేనం ఇహ వైరణం వైరణం మీన్స్ ఎనిమీ హియర్ ఆల్సో ద వర్డ్ వైరణ వైరానుబంధం వైరానుబంధం వైర ఆఫ్ ఎన్మిటీ సేమ్ ద సోల్స్ డెజిగ్నేషన్ ద మైండ్ ఈజ్ ద కాజ్ ఆఫ్ ఆల్ ట్రిబ్యులేషన్స్ ఇన్ ద మెటీరియల్ వరల్డ్ సేమ్ the mind is the cause of all tribulations in the material world as long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned soul and conditioned living entity he has to accept the miserable miserable condition of the material body and wander within this universe in different positions because the mind is affected by disease lamentation illusion attachment greed and enmity it creates bondage and a false sense of intimacy within this material world you see the mind is affected by disease lamentation illusion attachment greed and enmity all starts with lust karma which is the beginning that is this beginning of symptom of you know problem immediately quarantine the whole thing how to quarantine how to keep it under 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 control uh, it has to be given the disinfectant what is that saparega chukrama kayam avranam asnaviram shuddham apapavidham ishopanishad mantra 8 he is the antiseptic he is the purifier hmm? if you remember the verse you see yes shri radha madan mohan ki jai so if you see here shuddham apapavidham prophylactic and antiseptic that's how to treat such a person must factually know the greatest of all the personality of godhead who is unembodied omniscient beyond reproach without veins pure and uncontaminated the self sufficient philosopher who has been fulfilling everyone's desires since time immemorial now he is pure and not only in the sense that he is himself is pure he can make others pure whoever associates with him he also becomes pure uh, so that is explained in the 10885 హరిర్హిర్గుణ సాక్షాత్ పురుష ప్రకృతే పర ససర్వదృగ్ ఉపద్రష్టా తంభజన్ నిర్గుణో భవేత్ లార్డ్ హరి హౌవర్ హ్యాస్ నో కనెక్షన్ విత్ ద మెటీరియల్ మోడ్స్ హీ ఇస్ ద సుప్రీమ్ పర్సనాలిటీ గాడ్ హెడ్ ద ఆల్ సీయింగ్ ఇటర్నల్ విట్నెస్ హూ ఇస్ ట్రాన్స్నల్ టు మెటీరియల్ నేచర్ వన్ హూ వర్షిప్స్ హిమ్ సిమిలర్లీ బికమ్స్ ఫ్రీ ఫ్రమ్ ద మెటీరియల్ మోడ్స్ సో హీ ఆల్సో బికమ్స్ ఫ్రీ వన్ హూ వర్షిప్స్ కృష్ణ ఆల్సో బికమ్స్ ప్యూర్ అండ్ ద సేమ్ థింగ్ ఇస్ ఆల్సో ఎక్స్ప్లెయిన్ ఇన్ ద ఫస్ట్ కాంటో ఆఫ్ శ్రీమద్ భాగవతం వన్ డాట్ ఇలెవెన్ డాట్ థర్టీ ఎయిట్ ఏతదీశనమీశ ప్రకృతిస్థోపితే సత్మస్థైర్యథాబుద్ధిస్తాశ్రయా దిస్ ఇస్ ద డివినిటీ ఆఫ్ ద పర్సనాలిటీ ఆఫ్ గాడ్ హెడ్ హీ ఈస్ నాట్ ఎఫెక్టెడ్ బై ద క్వాలిటీస్ ఆఫ్ మెటీరియల్ నేచర్ ఈవెన్ దో హీస్ ఇన్ కాంటాక్ట్ విత్ దమ్ సిమిలర్లీ ద డివోటీస్ హూ హ్యావ్ టేకన్ షెల్టర్ ఆఫ్ ద లార్డ్ డూ నాట్ బికమ్ ఇన్ఫ్లుయన్స్డ్ బై ద మెటీరియల్ క్వాలిటీస్ సో హీస్ దిస్ యాంటీసెప్టిక్ హీస్ దిస్ హీ కెన్ ప్యూరిఫై అదర్స్ ఆల్సో ఎనీబడి మిలియన్స్ అండ్ ట్రిలియన్స్ ఆఫ్ సోల్స్ హీ కెన్ ప్యూరిఫై వితౌట్ ఎనీ డిఫికల్టీ so we have to om apavitra apavitro va sarvavastham gatopi va yah smaret pundari kaksham sab bahya abhyantara suchihi we will get internally and externally cleansed just by remembering him or chanting his name cheto darpana marjanam bhava mahadavagni nirvapanam so that is cheto darpana marjanam cleansing the heart cleansing of the heart so that is that will happen if we even just take the name of krishna the name of krishna and krishna are non different so by chanting his name we become pure from all these things therefore that verse just now we saw 
Sankirtanam, Tasmat Sankirtanam Vishnu. Tasmat Sankirtanam Vishnu, Jagan Mangalamam Hasam, Mahatama Pikauravya, Vidhyaikantikanishkritam. The chanting of the holy name of the Lord is able to uproot even the reactions of the greatest sins. Therefore, chanting of the Sankirtan movement is the most auspicious activity in the entire universe. Please try to understand this so that others will take it seriously. So, um, okay, let's go back to the mantra. As described in the previous mantras, the real or ultimate aspect of the Absolute is his feature as a personality of Godhead. Okay, we have read this. Such Vikarma, as soon as such activities even slightly deviate from the regular principles of the Vedas, they are transformed into Vikarma or acts against the interest of the actor. Such Vikarma is enacted by the illusioned living entity simply for sense gratification and thus such activities become hindrances on the path of self-realization. And here... Uh, so he's, the prayer is, today's verse, that please remove all the <coughs> hindrances in, in my path. So these are the hindrances. <coughs> hindrances are karma and jnana. Karma Kanda, Jnana Kanda, Keval Vishar Bhanda. Uh, let's see that. Narutunda Thakur has sung this. Let's see if we can find that. Kevala Vishar hmm. It is quoted in the 4.25.11 purport. Karma Kanda, Jnana Kanda, Keval Vishar Bhanda. The path of Karmakanda and path of Jnanakanda are just like strong pots of poison. Amrita Bolia Jeva Khai Nana Joni Sada Phire. A person who mistakes this poison to be nectar and drinks it travels in different species of life. Kadarya Bhakshana Kore. And according to his body, he eats all types of abominable things. It's like a hog we eat. We ate even stool. We were also hogs before. We also ate stool. We also ate all nonsense. See? Thus, Narutam Thakur points out that the living entity travels in different types of bodies and eats all kinds of abominable things. When he does not become ultimately happy, he becomes morose or takes to the ways of the hippies. <laughs> so, this is Kevala Garmakanda, Jnanakanda, Kevala Visharbhanda. These are actually obstructions, hindrances in the path. Therefore, today's verse is Please show me the Supatha, the correct auspicious path. And please keep me from these hindrances, away from these hindrances. <coughs> Self-realization is possible in the human form of life, but not in other forms. There are 8,400,000 species or forms of life of which the human form, qualified by Brahminical culture, presents the only chance to obtain knowledge of transcendence. It's not just human form. Human form is... Yes, very rare. There is full chance of self-realization. But one has to take to this, uh, what is that called? Um, 
the purificatory processes why i don't remember um sanskar yes sanskar is the purificatory processes so there are 10th kinds of you know dashavida sanskar you know whole life so the most important sanskar especially is to accept the bona fide spiritual master and even if one is from the you know classes of human beings lower than shudras that means totally out of vedic civilization if he takes the shelter of a pure devotee and gets initiation diksha uh, what is that divyam gyanam yatodadyat kuryat papasya sankshayam by giving knowledge he is shown the right path supatha and agni like agni he also uh, vanquishes the reactions and because of all that he becomes so pure that he comes to the brahm even crosses even the brahmanical stage of life and goes to vaishnava platform and that will enable one to um, that's why it is said human form qualified by brahmanical culture presents the only chance to obtain knowledge of transcendence so then he becomes qualified to uh, take up this devotional service brahmanical culture includes okay we will just first go there we'll show this verse first what we have shown just now 2.4.18 kiratahunandha pulinda pulkasha abhira shumbha yavana khasadaya yenyecha papa yadapashraya shraya shudhyanti tasmai prabhavishnave namaha kiratas, hunas, andhras, pulindas, pulkashas, abhiras, shumbhas, yavanas, members of the khasa races and even others addicted to sinful acts can be purified by taking shelter of the devotees of the Lord due to His being the supreme power. I beg to offer my respectful obeisances unto Him. So, even the lower class of people, if they take shelter of a pure devotee, who has taken shelter of Krishna, the Acharya, then He can be delivered. Similarly, Devahuti, mother of Kapila, she says, Ahobato, Ahobata Swapachoto Gariyan, Yajjhva Grevartate Namatubhyam, Te Pustapaste Juhuvosas Nurarya, Brahmanu Churnama Grananti Yete. Oh, how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of your lordship, they must have bathed at holy places of pilgrimage and studied the Vedas and fulfilled everything required. Eight dot twenty-eight of Bhagavad Gita. Vedeshu yagneshu tapasu chayva daneshu yat punya phalam pradishtam atyeti tatsarvam idam viditva yogi paramsthanam upaiti chadyam. A person who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft of the results derived from studying the Vedas, performing sacrifices, undergoing austerities, giving charity, or pursuing philosophical and fruitive activities. Simply by performing devotional service, he attains all these, and at the end, and at the end, he reaches the supreme eternal abode. This is complete perfection, right? So all these verses point to the same path that human life qualified by Brahmanical qualification, they present the chance to receive transcendental knowledge. Human form qualified by Brahmanical culture presents the only chance to obtain knowledge of transcendent transcendence. Brahmanical culture includes Truthfulness, sense control, forbearance, simplicity, full knowledge and full faith in God. What is this verse? 
Peacefulness, self-control, austerity, purity, tolerance, honesty, knowledge, wisdom and religiousness. These are the natural qualities by which the Brahmanas work. So when one is at, at this platform, then yes, he can understand. He can understand this knowledge of transcendence. The same is also uh, there in other places. One second. The Brahmanical qualifications are also mentioned in here. 7, 9, 10 purport. Ah, this is Sanat Sujata. Also uh, lists the qualities of a Brahmana. Jnanam cha satyam cha dama shrutam cha hyamat saryam anasuya yagyas cha dhanam cha dhritishamascha mahavrata dvadasha brahmanasya If you can see, okay, the exact translation is not given here, but we can actually understand the words from the Jnanam cha satyam cha dama shrutam cha So, um, knowledge, um, truthfulness, control of the senses, shrutam, intelligence, uh, and uh, Vedic knowledge. Jnanam cha and shrutam cha. So, he is, shrutam cha means to hear. He is, you know, he actually, acharya pasana, he has to, uh, he, you know, goes to the spiritual master, takes the shelter of spiritual master. He amatsaryam. Matsarita means, matsarita means envi- enviousness. Amatsarya means non-enviousness. Hri, Hri means modesty. Titiksha means tolerance. Anasuya means, again, non-envious. Yeah. Of course, there are slight differences. In English, the translation gets lost sometimes. But Anasuya also is um, non-enviousness. Yajnaha, he should perform uh, sacrifices. Dhanamcha, he has to give charity. Charity can be in, you know, in, in uh, whatever he receives, he will use just because Brahmana only receives by donation, and whatever is required by him, he will use, and the rest he will give back to society. Not necessarily, maybe in the in the same way that it was given to him, like like he may give as prasadam, or he may give as knowledge, he may give as the holy name. So especially Brahmana, he should uh, give back to society in these ways. His dhanam should be in the way of, especially in Kali Yuga, Prasadam, he should give back, and um, knowledge, transcendental knowledge, and the holy name. So, this is the charity of the Brahmana. Um, <clears throat> and Dhriti, Dhriti means fortitude, Samascha, Samaha, Samaha means control of the mind, Damaha means control of the senses. So, these are the Mahavrata Dvadasha Brahmanasya. Very nice verse. These are the 12 qualifications of Brahmana. And another verse is also there in the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is, uh, let me remember, I think this, um, oh yeah, 11, 17, 16, right? Yeah, 11, Brahma 
peacefulness, self-control, austerity, cleanliness, satisfaction, tolerance, simple straightforwardness, devotion to me, mercy and truthfulness are the natural qualities of the Brahmanas. So, if these qualities are gained, then he is, uh, he becomes, then there is a chance for uh, advancement of human civilization. Of course, not everybody will come to this point, but there should be at least a class of men who are on that platform and who should lead the others. It will not, it's not, Prabhupada said, even if 1% of the population becomes Krishna conscious, that's enough. The whole world will be taken care of. And actually, if you, if you calculate 1% of 7.7 billion people, that is like 77 million, is that so? Yeah, 77 million, that's a lot of devotees. All Brahmanically qualified, not just like, you know, half-baked devotees, you know, not following properly. No, we want like 77 million preachers of Krishna consciousness movement. Oh, what can we not achieve in this world? Right? So, 1% of the population, just one. Uh, so, that many Brahmanically qualified, nice Vaishnavas, then, wow, everything is possible in this world. Right? <clears throat> The whole world will become Vaikuntha just by 1% of Brahmanas. And the rest, although they may not be Brahmanically qualified, they will at least get opportunity to engage in some or the other way. You know, some or the other way they will, just like when, when Prabhupada was there physically, the house, Hare Krishna became a household name. You know, it was appearing in even movies. You know, they will make some scene, you know, with the Hare Krishna's passing by, you know, or they will, um, then, you know, I think there are compilation of scenes, you know, there's a, I think, video on YouTube, which has all the compilation of scenes from various movies where Hare Krishna was mentioned. All Hollywood movies and, you know, all English movies. So, um, one of them was like, you know, he, he actually, you know, tries to see the map and go somewhere and then he gets lost. Then he calls up, you know, I, I think I'm lost. Um, then the other guy on the phone, he said, have you tried the Hare Krishnas? <laughs> so, it's like, you know, this was a comedy scene. So, it became like that, you know. Even if if it comes to that stage, right? And if it becomes a part of the, you know, zeitgeist, as you would say. Zeitgeist means, you know, the, you know, the part of the culture, part of the whole scene. If we become part of the scene, if we become part of the culture, like hippies were the part of the, they, you know, 1960s means, America means hippies. That's the image one gets. 1960s and 70s, it's hippie, hippie era. So, if devotees, although not everybody may follow the full principles, but if at least it becomes known like that. See, in that movie, he said, have you tried the Hare Krishnas? Although that was meant as a joke, first thing, he chanted Hare Krishnas. And also, he advised, he actually preached. He, without even knowing, he preached. That means, if you are lost, you should, you should try the Hare Krishnas. So, <laughs> that is preaching, right? So, if one is, Arjuna was lost in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. He, he needed, you know, Krishna's instruction. So, today also, Supatha. Huh? Patha means path. And in that movie, the, the person lost his way, path. I mean, in our life, we lose our way, right? So, it, he answered in a philosophical, comedic way. But, you see, it actually is true. So, even if we use it in that way, if they... So, if there are 1% of population who do this, the rest, 99%, they will accept us as part of them. And then... You know, without even them knowing, they will advance in devotional life like this. You know, they will chant the holy name. They will refer to the Hare Krishnas on. They will, or they will picture them. I have seen um, 
you know because this camera be before I bought this camera that I'm now using for this live stream so I wanted to check some you know um, recommendations of what is a good um, and budget camera and like that so there was this one particular person this I saw so um, he was he has his YouTube channel where he you know reviews cameras and all that and in his video when I was watching he was actually you know showing examples he went out in the in the city and all that you know he was showing how it performs in bright light how it performs in low light and all these things you know he was showing at one scene he was at this uh, train station and behind him a devotee brahmachari was distributing books <laughs> he was distributing books so i was surprised wow in america so that's how you know even though they don't mean it mean to you know put them in but if we're everywhere we will become part of the culture and that's how the rest of them also become um, it becomes auspicious for them so therefore today's um, purport here brahmanical culture human human form qualified by brahmanical culture presence the only chance so brahmanical culture okay this all these uh, qualities we have just seen as well it is not that one simply becomes proud of his high parentage um, ourselves we we have been the example of this brahmanical family yes I was born in a brahmanical family but I did not know anything until the point where I started reading Prabhupada's books it, it had it made no sense to me what is Brahmana what is all this? I, it never made any sense to me I never knew what it was until we came to Prabhupada's books then everything started making sense the whole knowledge, the key is the spiritual master, all this by birth, Brahmanas by birth and all this, which is very rampant in India, is still going on, still going on. Simply no, no activities of Brahmanas, simply by birth. And not only they, they consider themselves Brahmana, they discriminate against others. Oh, you are low caste, you are high caste. And now, today, because of that, they are getting their karma back. That in universities and everything, you know, there is reservation for the lower caste. And Brahmanas are usually, Brahmin family persons, they are usually the ones who never get any seats because it is taken up all the scheduled caste, scheduled tribe and this and that, so many lower caste. And then this Brahmana qualified guy, you know, he, he doesn't get the seat. <laughs> he is now the outcast. <laughs> so, I mean, that is materially. First of all, material university, everything is a farce. I mean, the whole thing is a problem, first of all. is nonsense. But even then, <laughs> what he treated the other castes as, he is now getting the same treatment. And he's not getting the facilities. So, I mean, they deserve it anyway. But, so, it, it is not about this parentage. It's about qualification. Qualified by Brahmanical culture. So, just as being born the son of a big man affords one a chance to become a big man, so being born the son of a Brahmana gives one a chance to become a Brahmana. But it does not become a Brahmana. Like a doctor's son has a good chance of becoming a doctor because he, he may see his father and, you know, he may get interested in the same issue. But he can become anything else. He can become an actor. He can become a loafer. He can become a hacker. He can become a thief and a murderer. Or he can become you know, a prime minister. Whatever. But there is a chance that he can become also a doctor. Because he may see his father. And you know, eventually may take up the same family profession. But he can become anything else also. By association. So similarly, a Brahmana's son has the opportunity to become a Brahmana. But he does not automatically become a Brahmana. Just because he is born of a Brahmana. And such a person is called Brahma Bandhu. 
he is a relative of a brahmana but not a brahmana until he qualifies himself just like a, a lawyer's son or a doctor's son is a doctor's son a doctor's son is not a doctor by birth a doctor by birth what is that even a, is, is that even a thing no there's no doctor by birth engineer by birth so how come we are brahmanas by birth so this is some uh, bogus thing <coughs> But such a birthright is not everything, for one still has to attain the Brahmanical qualifications for himself. As soon as one becomes proud of his birth as the son of a Brahmana and neglects to acquire the qualifications of a real Brahmana, he at once becomes degraded and falls from the path of self-realization. Thus, his life's mission as a human being is defeated. Eleven point five Yaesham Purusham Sakshad Atma Prabhavamishwaram Nabhajantyavajananti Sthanad Bhrashtaha Patantyadhaha Any members of the four Varnas and four Ashramas who fail to worship the personality of Godhead, the source of their own creation, or who intentionally disrespect Him, will fall down from their position into a hellish state of life. So thus, the life's mission as a human being is defeated. In the Bhagavad Gita, six dot. So, this is now karma kanda process until now, right? How it is so dangerous, you know. Even a little bit problem, you know, will cost us an opposite result and so much trouble. Now, the other path. How this is the supatha, so auspicious. This devotional path. In the Bhagavad Gita 6.41 and 42, we are assured of the Lord, assured by the Lord that the yoga bhrashtas or souls fallen from the path of self-realization are given a chance to rectify themselves by taking birth either in the families of good brahmanas or in the families of rich merchants. Such births afford higher chances for self-realization. If these chances are misused due to illusion, one loses the good opportunity of human life afforded by the Almighty Lord. See? The regulative principles are such that one who follows them is promoted from the platform of fruitive activities to the platform of transcendental knowledge. The whole point is to, you know, rise above this uh, karma platform and go to the jnana platform. That is the whole point of following all the regulative principles. Uh, the regulative principles are such that one who follows them is promoted from the platform of fruitive activities to the platform of transcendental knowledge. And if we don't progress to the jnana and then to the bhakti uh, ultimately, then we are we are stagnant, we are dead. That is actually said here. 3.23.56 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Neha yat karma dharmaya na viragaya kalpate na tirtha pada sevaya jivan na pimritohisaha. Anyone whose work is not meant to elevate him to religious life. The work, karma, must give, elevate a person to religious life, dharma. Anyone, and if one has reached dharma stage, this is actually, we are talking about stagnation. Now, if one is in the working stage, as working, I mean karma, then it should he should progress to the dharma, the next stage. And if one is at the dharma stage, and anyone whose religious ritualistic performances do not raise him to renunciation. So, if one is in the dharma stage, and if he doesn't progress to renunciation, and you become stagnant at dharma. Or if one stays stagnant at karma and does not proceed higher to dharma. 
and one whose dharma does not pro- progress to renunciation, vairagya. Um, and anyone situated in renunciation, now if somebody has come to that stage of renunciation, that does not lead him to the devotional service of the Supreme Lord, of, uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead, must be considered dead, although he is breathing. Jeevanapi mrito. Jeevanapi mrito hisaha. So we should not never remain stagnant. People try this with material life. They say we should not remain stagnant in material life. We should always go higher and higher. In material life, we should make it as passive as possible. As stagnant as possible so that nothing is ruffling any feathers. Just keep it to the minimum. And in spiritual life, one must be very greedy to always, you know, uh, improve and improve and improve. At the same time, at the same time, the improvement we should understand is not in our strength. It only happens in, on the strength of Krishna. So, surrendering unto him, surrendering to the spiritual master, taking the guidance of Vaishnavas, then we should progress. Although, great devotees like Narutam Das Thakur, anybody, any pure devotee, he will always say that I am the most fallen. But, his activities do not show like that. Because, he is not saying I am the most fallen and he is actually remaining fallen. No. He makes all efforts. He, like Goswamis, you know, Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was getting a headache seeing their humility. How humble he is. It is, my, it is breaking my heart. You know, please don't be so humble. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although he said, Trinada Pishanichana, we should be more humble than the grass. When he saw the humility of Rupa Goswami, he said, please, stop your humility. I am unable to take it anymore. <laughs> that humble you are. I mean, how can we be so humble? You know, that I think, well, let's see if I can find that now. Ah. You see, Madhilila Chaitanya Charitamrita, chapter 1, text 208. My dear Sakar Malik, from this day your names will be changed to Srila Rupa and Srila Sanatana. Now please abandon your humility, for my heart is breaking to see you so humble. He said, Trinadabhi Sunichana, when Rupa Goswami became so humble, just a second, okay. So when Rupa Goswami became so humble, he said, please, stop your humility. You know, <laughs> now what he said? Yeah. Because they said, so many nice words, actually it's a whole conversation, you know. Uh, should read the whole thing, then we will understand. Okay, just maybe let's see. Huh? Let's go through this. Okay, few shlokas. Madhya dot Madhya one dot two hundred and okay. Let's see. Veda. Okay, we're just trying to take out this thing. Madhya. One. <clears throat> Actually, this laptop of Sundagopal Prabhu is the same model as mine, exactly the same model, just that it has not been used. That's why 
I can even do all these things in, I don't know, present laptop is like, there's more flexibility here because, okay, now you see, we need to go so much down. Okay, we're not going to go far with this. Okay, we will go. This is too big, I think. Like a little bit smaller. Okay. And two hundred. Let's see. <coughs> huh. Thus, in the dead of night, the two brothers, Dabir Khas. Dabir Khas and Sakar Malik went to see Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu incognito. First they met Nityananda Prabhu and Haridas Thakur. Upon seeing Lord Chaitanya, the two brothers were overwhelmed with joy and out of humility they began to cry. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked them to get up and assured them of all good fortune. The two brothers got up and again taking straw between their teeth, they humbly offered their prayers with folded hands. All glories to Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the most merciful saviour of the fallen souls. All glories to the Supreme Personality. Sir, we belong to the lowest class of men and our associates and employment are also of the lowest type. Therefore, we cannot introduce ourselves to you. We feel very much ashamed standing here before you. Dear Lord, let us inform you that no one is more sinful than us, nor is there any offender like us. Even if we want to mention our sinful activities, we would immediately become ashamed. And what to speak of giving them up? The two brothers submitted, Dear Lord, you have incarnated to deliver, incarnated to deliver the fallen souls. You should consider that in this world there is none so fallen as us. You have delivered the two brothers, Jaga and Madhya, but to deliver them you did not have to exert yourself very much. The brothers Jaga and Madha belonged to the Brahmana caste and their residence was in the holy place of Navadvip. They never served low class persons, nor were they instruments to abominable activities. Jaga and Madha had but one fault, they were addicted to sinful activity. However, volumes of sinful activity can be burned to ashes simply by a dim reflection of the chanting of your holy name. Jaga and Madha uttered your holy name by way of blaspheming you. Fortunately, that holy name became the cause of their deliverance. We too are millions and millions of times inferior to Jaga and Madhai. We are more degraded, fallen and sinful than they. Actually, we belong to the caste of meat-eaters because we are servants of meat-eaters. Indeed, our activities are exactly like those of meat-eaters. Because we have always associated with such people, we are inimical toward the cows and brahmanas. The two brothers, Sakar Malik and Dabir Khas, very humbly submitted that due to their abominable activities, they were now bound by the neck and hands and had been thrown into a ditch filled with abominable stool-like objects of material sense enjoyment. No one within the three worlds is sufficiently powerful to deliver us. You are the only saviour of the fallen souls, therefore there is no one but you. If you simply deliver us by your transcendental strength, then certainly your name will be known as Patita Pavan, the saviour of the fallen souls. Let us speak one word that is very true. Plainly hear us, O merciful one, there is no other object of mercy within the three worlds but us. You know, we are the ones who really need the mercy. There is nobody worse than us in these three worlds. We are the most fallen, therefore by showing us your mercy, your mercy, your mercy is most successful. Let the power of your mercy be exhibited throughout the entire universe. Let us submit one piece of information before you, my dear Lord. It is not at all false, but is full of meaning. It is this. If you are not merciful upon us, then it will be very, very difficult to find more suitable candidates for your mercy. <laughs> if you really want to be known as Patit Pavan, you have to release us. You have to deliver us. Because your real name of Patit Pavan will not hold true if you, you, know, if you don't deliver us. You will not find a worse person than us, you have to deliver us first. We are very depressed at being unfit candidates for your mercy, yet since we have heard of your transcendent qualities, we are very much attracted to you. 
indeed we are like a dwarf who wants to capture the moon although we are completely unfit a desire to receive your mercy is awakening within our minds by serving you constantly one is freed from all material desires and is completely pacified when shall i engage as your permanent eternal servant and always feel joyful to have such a fitting master <clears throat> after hearing the prayer of dabir khas and sakar malik said and mahaprabhu said my dear dabir khas you two brothers are my old servants that means you see that means just like he told arjuna both you and i have passed many births you remember krishna said this to arjuna you remember <coughs> 4.5 Krishna said to Arjuna Baho nime vyatitani janmani tavach Arjuna tani aham veda sarvani natvam vetha parantapa The personality of God had said many many births both you and I have passed I can remember all of them but, but you cannot oh subdue of the enemy So Krishna and Arjuna whenever Krishna comes Arjuna also comes So but in different different ways yeah so because arjuna actually why krishna said like this because arjuna asked the question that you say you spoke this to sun god but you know you are born only like you know you are my age sun god you know when millions of years how you say that you spoke to him then krishna said this both you and i have passed many births together but i remember all of them but you cannot that means when krishna was there in the sun planet speaking to the sun god arjuna was also there in a different capacity you know so he is these are called nitya um, what is that uh, nitya siddha bhaktas that means they are eternally liberated souls they are gauranger sangigan nitya siddha korimani so the chaitanya mahaprabhu associates and krishna associates nitya siddha especially the close associates so therefore the same thing is told here <coughs> that you are my old servants my dear sakar malik from this day your names will be changed to shrila rupa and shrila sanatan now please abandon your humility and from for my heart is breaking to see you so humble you have written several letters showing your humility i can understand your behavior from those letters by your letters i can understand your heart therefore in order to teach you i sent you one verse which reads as follows if a woman is attached to a man other than her husband she will appear very busy in carrying out her household affairs but within her heart she is always relishing feelings of association with her paramour i really had no business in coming to bengal but i have come just to see you two brothers <clears throat> so why he said that because you know you are engaged in your duties but your mind is always you know drawn towards krishna so that is the highest devotion this paramour kind of relationship so you are carefully carrying out your ministerial duties but you are always thinking of how to join this movement sankirtan movement and that's why he sent that verse let's see that verse actually ah there is a sanskrit verse ah very good paravyasani paravyasanini nari vyagrape grahakarmasu tadeva swadayatyantar navasangarasayanam very nice so this is the whole this is the let, this is the verse that chaitanya mahaprabhu sent to the in response to their letters that they wrote before they came and met chaitanya mahaprabhu so anyway the point is you know humility so we have to always climb up in the in the our spiritual realization but always be humble and depend on the lord never consider ourselves the you know big doers in devotional service then we will lose everything then 
So the regulative principles are such that one who follows them is promoted from the platform of fruitive activities to the platform of transcendental knowledge. After many many lifetimes of cultivating transcendental knowledge, one becomes perfect when he surrenders unto the Lord. I think you know this verse already. Bahunam janmanamante gyanavanmam prapadyate vasudeva sarvamiti samahatma sudurlabhaha 7.19 Bhagavad Gita After many births and deaths, he who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. This is the general procedure, but one who surrenders at the very beginning, instead of going through all the karmakanda by many many births and then coming to jnanakanda and then cultivating knowledge for many many births, jnanavan one becomes jnana and then surrendering to Krishna. If one immediately surrenders to Krishna, right in the very beginning, see, Prabhupada said this is the general procedure, but one who surrenders at the very beginning, as recommended in this mantra, at once surpasses all preliminary stages. Simply by adopting the devotional attitude. That's why it is said in the 828. We have already seen that. We'll see again. Um, I just showed a while ago. Vedeshu agneshu tapasu chaiva daneshu yatpunya phalam pradishtam atyeti tatsarvamidam viditva yogi paramsthanam upayiti chadyam. A person who accepts the path of devotional service is not bereft. So one who comes to the devotional service, automatically he has all the, um, you know, good qualities and all the results of the inferior processes by which he actually usually would come otherwise. But if he takes to devotional service, that's it. At once he has all the previous results. He is not bereft of the results derived from studying the Vedas, performing sacrifices, undergoing austerities, giving charity, pursuing philosophical and fruitive activities. Simply by performing devotional service, he attains all these and at the end of life, he reaches a supreme eternal abode. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 18.66, the Lord at once takes charge of such a surrendered soul and frees him from all the reactions of his sinful acts. Om Kratosmara Kratosmara uh, Kratosmara Kratamsmara Kratosmara Kratamsmara Yesterday's verse. So whatever I have done, I have done so many sinful activities, but I have done a little bit also of devotional service. Please save me remembering those activities. Huh? And remove, today's verse is remove all those sinful reactions. Mm. Juhuraname, no. No, if you remember the verse. All vices, ena, juhuranam, ena. All the sins. Yuyodhi, mm? kindly remove from us. Please free me from the reactions to my past sins so that we will, there will be no hindrance to my progress. So that is explained here. 